You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 272 of Podcateers. We had so much fun talking about the D23 Expo in the last episode that we're just going to do it again for this one. We talk about some of the things that we saw and experienced on the showroom floor this time, some hidden and not so hidden gems, plus how this expo compared to others for us. We talk about a recent facade change at California Adventure, the opening of Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World, and the internet broke again. But this time, it wasn't Ralph that caused it. Remember that you can join the conversation by connecting with us on any of our social networks. Just search for Podcateers on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts on anything that we talk about in this episode and share them in an upcoming one. You can also check out notes for this episode at podcateers.com slash 272. In case you missed it, we have three panels from the D23 Expo on our YouTube channel. Plus, you can check out the vlog that we posted for day one of the Expo. Just head to youtube.com slash podcateers. If you like any of the videos, we hope that you give them that extremely valued thumbs up and that you subscribe to the channel. Just remember to ring that bell icon for notifications whenever we post new videos. Before we begin, I want to let you know that this episode of Podcateers has been made possible by the generosity of listeners just like you called the FGP Squad, a.k.a. our podcast Fairy Godparents. It's their monthly contributions via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcateers possible. If you like the podcast, it's a great time to become part of the FGP Squad. So if you'd like more info, a link to sign up, or even to make a one-time donation, you can go to podcateers.com FGP. To all of the members of the FGP squad, we want to say thank you for your continued support. All right, it's time to jump into part two of our D23 Expo experience for 2019. So let's do this. Here is episode 272 of Podcateers. I've been reviewing the footage for the vlogs this last week. Uh, I've been spending a lot of time just reviewing footage, and I, I talk to other vloggers sometimes, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, we just kind of do this and do that, but these are like the seasoned vloggers, right? The ones that mm-hmm. know what they're doing. And I always shoot more than I feel like I need because I never know when I might need that one little snippet of something that happened. And so obviously I have way too much footage to look through (laughs) and so that's what i've been doing this last week i've been going through all of the footage you know cutting out the stuff we don't need separating it out into like regular vlog and b-roll and everything uh and it's so cool because i'm getting to relive all of these moments that i didn't even remember happened (laughs) because (laughs) i i mean look I know that I was there, but I was so consumed with vlogging. I didn't photograph a lot, which I normally tend to do. I talked about this in the last episode. But as I'm going through this footage, I was in places and talking about things and talking to people that I honestly, like, was a blur because everything was just happening so fast and there was so much going on. I I, I did a lot. Way more <laughs> than I thought I did. For real. Well- <laughs> Every time I saw you, you were in full vlogging mode. Yeah. I don't think you really shut that off at any point during the expo. 
I mean, I had to because the batteries would die. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I kind of had to at specific points throughout the day. But, yeah, I feel like for the most part, like each day I do have anywhere from like six to seven hours of footage to review. But then again, that is also taken into consideration that I did have the panels. And so removing that, it's a good five hours plus of footage for each day that I was there that I had to review. But man, uh, yeah, I, uh, again, way more than I thought I did. And every time that I get to one of those clips that just, I relive those moments where it's just like, joy exuding from the video clip. Let me give you an example, for instance. There was this moment where that we talked about last episode where Melissa met uh, an Instagrammer, yes. Danielle. She goes by <laughs> what, Mel? It's Tiny, Tiny Teacup, Teacup Vintage. Vintage. Yeah. So Danielle was dressed as the Paint the Night Floats, and Mel just bursted out with joy. Like I did. <laughs> she would put joy to shame. Okay, because there was this smile and just like tears of joy coming out down her face. Uh, It's those little moments that just like, oh, my God. Yeah, this was this was just so cool. (laughs) Dude, there was also this moment where we were uh, out where they have all the 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 stuff for sale right on the second half of the show floor. And from almost across the room. Melissa just points to somebody, two fingers, by the way, never one, Mm -hmm. two finger points at somebody. And she's like, oh, my God, brave little toaster. And I'm like, what? (laughs) And she's like, yeah, over there. And so we hunted down this girl that had every character from the brave little toaster on her dress. One of the coolest things I've seen at the expo. And there was some really good stuff. Yeah. I mean, the guy that was dressed as Iron Man in front of the Marvel booth between Marvel and Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like he had the goatee. He had the, the sunglasses, the haircut, like very, very similar facial features. This dude was rocking it. OK, stunt double rocking it. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, he was feeling it, too. He was walking around with that Tony Stark strut. <laughs> I wish I had seen this in person. Now I'm glad I'm going to see it on the vlog because I didn't see him. Yeah, I mean, he spent most of his time in front of the Marvel booth. At first, I thought he may have been hired by Marvel, mm-hmm. but it just turns out that he was just a cosplayer. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, thinking back on everything that we saw, cosplayers are just one step ahead every single year like every year these things get more and more elaborate yeah i can't imagine what it's like going to a comic con or a wonder con right i honestly those are intimidating for me i i wouldn't even try to cosplay over there here i felt like i'm more at home um did you guys get to see i'm I should say this. I'm kicking myself for not trying this with my friends. But there was someone dressed as Mara and the snake. And gosh darn it. That is it was awesome. I mean, head to toe gold with the amulet and the snake, just like on the attraction. I'm, I missed that. I, I missed didn't see that, that at too. all. Oh, That's it's really cool. I have a picture. I'm going to have to send it to you guys. But yeah, I, it's so good. So, so good. 
Yeah, I feel like the the level of cosplay at D23 has really gone up to this kind of elite level. Mm-hmm. You know, you mentioned Wonder WonderCon. I've been to WonderCon uh, this year. And there's way more cosplaying. And I feel like in past D23 Expos, there was way more cosplaying as well. But I feel like now what we see at D23, it's like the elite level. It's like the cream of the crop. And so you don't have as many, but the ones that you do have are legit. Like they are really, really cool. And I mean, that's that's one of the funnest things to do at D23 Expo is just people watch because there's incredible costumes walking around that blow you away like did you guys see the uh tkso from star wars walking around no that was the dude that had like the little monitor and everything on the yes right oh my god (laughs) so good so well built i could not believe it it was it was kind of like this giant marionette, Mel, mm-hmm. that I don't know if you remember, but a, a few years ago or a couple expos ago, there was a dude in a Jack Skellington where he was like yes. standing behind him, kind of mm-hmm. controlling him like a giant marionette. Yes. Basically the same concept, but a Star Wars droid, right? Oh, that's cool. And that was like six foot six. Yes. <laughs> nice. It was and, awesome. And it had a camera in the front. And it had this tiny monitor between him and the actual thing that he built so that he hit, he could basically see through it and not run into people. That yeah. is smart. Yeah. Wow. It was so good. Yeah, so I was impressed well by done. that. So Did, the, the, the best one, though, you guys, surely you guys saw this guy rolling around on his scooter that he made look like a pirate ship yes! that had lights, <laughs> that had cannons with lights and smoke and sound, that had the, the Jolly Roger skeleton and crossbones on the back yes! talking. Like, this dude was my favorite dude ever. Okay, so funny story, okay? Yes, that guy totally rocking it at D23. It was so funny because Lynette and I were sitting down eating on Sunday when I saw him. And I had seen him on Friday, right? But Mm -hmm. he was kind of passing by. I was right in the middle of recording the street party. And I wasn't just going to, like, turn away, right, or go follow him. So I figured I'll just see him later on in the day. Didn't see him again at all on Friday. We're eating on Sunday. And I turn over and I'm like, oh, my God, I have to go record this. I was, like, right in the middle of a bite. So I get up, I grab the camera, and I, I haven't finished reviewing the Sunday footage, but if I remember correctly, my hand is over my mouth as I'm trying to vlog this because I was afraid I was going to spray him with chunks of sandwich. <laughs> and so I was trying to be all cool about it. Like, oh, my God, it's a pirate ship. I don't know why it sounded like Seinfeld. But I mean, the point. What's the deal with these pirate ships? What's the deal with these pirate ships? And why do they have shooting cannons? So yeah, the point is super cool. He he will be in the vlog. You know, I talked to him a little bit. I shot the the little pirate ship from around, and yes, I even got the Jolly Roger talking in the back because he had it all synced up with the audio from the ride and stuff. Yeah. These people, I'm I'm telling you, step up. So I I think one thing we can gather from this, Gavin, is that anybody that wants to step this up should get in contact with you uh, for a 3D printer so that they can step it up and build their own for the next D23 Expo. Yes, I can recommend and sell them a great 3D printer. (laughs) This is true. So 
Matter Hacker is not a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Hashtag not a sponsor. But if you guys are interested, hit up Gavin. He will sell totally. you an awesome 3D printer that you can use to build me an Iron Man suit. <clears throat> right. <laughs> just, yes. Hazen will just, send uh, you all of the STL files just, uh, as soon as he knows you have a 3D printer. Uh-huh. Yep, I will. <laughs> and I'm still waiting. <laughs> but still no Iron Man costume. I'm just... <laughs> Wouldn't it be hilarious if I present you with the whole printed costume and it's like C-3PO and not Iron Man? <laughs> <gasps> it's oh. like, damn it, how am I going to fit into this? I asked for the Hulkbuster. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh. funny. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, there was so much about D23 that we wanted to talk about the last episode, but we just didn't get a chance to get to it because there was so much. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit more about it later in the episode. We're going to talk about, you know, some of the stuff that we saw on the show floor. I know that we talked about doing a live stream, but because it was a holiday weekend and we know that some people were traveling we just decided to hold off on doing the live stream so that more people are available to do it and we're just going to talk about it in this episode because we just want to get all that d23 goodness out into the world because there's yeah. so much and here comes the seinfeld again i don't know why it keeps coming back <laughs> <laughs> yeah we gotta even... nip that in the bud right now seriously <laughs> seriously i'm getting so excited i'm seinfelding out now, you could go and, and steer it towards a Patrick Warburton, who was on oh. Seinfeld, but who was also Kronk, and our chief flight attendant from Soren. So you can go Warburton if you want to stay in that realm. Okay, so here's the problem with Warburton. His voice is so deep that I cannot <laughs> emulate it, and I want to so badly because I don't know if you ever had a chance to watch it, but he also used to be on a show called Rules of Engagement. And I loved that show. And so he always had these like these one-liners that were just so funny. And every time that I'm hungry, I always try to emulate this one line on the show where he's like, but I had a hankering for some lobster. You know, and it's just <laughs> this line that just keeps coming up in our conversations. But yes, <laughs> if I could, I would totally emulate Putty or the Tick or our Soren. <laughs> captain however you want to he's the chief flight attendant the chief flight attendant that's true that's get it true. right <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry uh but yes uh, i wish my voice was deep enough <laughs> to be able to do that because he's got such a classic voice i Indeed. love it i love it okay um so before we talk more about d23 like, can we talk about some park stuff for a moment yeah let's do okay because you know look Armchair Imagineering, right? Super mm -hmm. fun for us to do. Things come up, you know, and we have these ideas, these suggestions, if you will. And then, you know, six to eight-ish months later, we start seeing walls go up. We start seeing scrims. Mm -hmm. And then we speculate, wait a second, remember when we talked about that one thing? Do you think it's possibly what's happening? No, we haven't seen a check. How could that be happening? <laughs> and then lo and behold, this last week, brand new entrance to the Sunset Theater right next to Award Wieners. Can we get an applause? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, what? What? Uh, I don't even know what to say here. Like, it's obvious. It's proven. Imagineering. 
loves what we do. They mm-hmm. think we have amazing ideas. And they're so impressed that they implement them in parks with like really abbreviated timelines. Like we didn't mention that that long ago, but they were like, you know what? Podcateers has struck gold again. We need to (laughs) reconfigure the entrance for the Sunset Showcase Theater so that yet another attraction doesn't die there. Let's bring the entrance facing Hollywood Boulevard, get it some attention Make it a beautiful marquee, just like Podcateers said. Let's make it happen. They did. They unveiled it. It looks great. You're welcome, Imagineering. Boom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, it's unbelievable. We, you know, it, it may be a case of just, you know, great minds think alike, uh, but it proves that our minds are as good as Imagineers. So, yeah. We'll take jobs. That's what yes. I'm saying. That's Please what I'm and saying. Thank you. So what do you think they're going to implement next? I mean. <laughs> <sighs> well, you know, every third or fourth week, we generate a thousand new ideas for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm hoping, you know, we mentioned it again in the last episode. I really think our combined idea for the Golden Horseshoe of new entertainment and yes. that entertainment being provided to mm-hmm. us by the Muppets is one of the best collaborative ideas we've ever come up with. And I agree. I, like, the more I think about that, it hurts that it doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, it's almost like they had it and then and then they took it away. You know, like, uh, I think that's genius. So I would love to see them do that. Um, you know, I think that there there's some rumors out there that they're starting to do some renovations of Tomorrowland. And, you know, we've had lots of Tomorrowland ideas. Uh, <laughs> Tron. So... Yeah, Tron would be super cool <laughs> for sure. But just yes. a, just some retheming also should happen there, I think. Yes. Yeah. You know, I've always been a proponent of having Wally around on the People Mover and just having yep. that kinetic energy all over Tomorrowland. But you guys kind of sold me on the Tron idea. I mean, it's just <laughs> such a timeless uh, IP that you don't really have to worry about the future or the past. You know, it's just kind of this digital property that they have that they can implement yeah. in a very simple way. And even if they didn't go with that, they have Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah. Theme it after the Internet. Yeah. Like, it's right there. Right? <laughs> it's like, I'm just saying. <laughs> It's right there. Like, if you use Autopia as the information superhighway sponsored by Honda, boom, I just renamed it for you. It's done. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think what we should do, I think what we should do is we should just have a crowd of people start chanting, Muppets, 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 Muppets. Because if we've learned anything... It's look what happened at Walt Disney World with the opening of Galaxy's Edge. They opened it early because the crowd just wanted it. That's true. <laughs> that, that, that's that's true. true. I mean, they, they do listen. You know, there's a reason they have those survey takers at the entrance and exit of all the parks. Yeah. And sometimes within the parks. Um, you know, I, I think we've all been wrangled by them a time or two to answer a couple of questions. And, you know, they they clearly have made changes in the recent past based on uh, guest request and guest demand. So, uh, 
a petition, a chant, whatever we need to do. Let's get the Muppets back into the Disney parks and let's do it in Frontierland. Yeah. You yeah. know what we should do? Rally up people who want to dress up as Disney bounds. Let's get the crowd going. Let's get the gang together. I want to do animal. Let me dress up as animal. I'm good. Just <laughs> let's just get a crowd. Let's just go. <laughs> Gavin's like, I call dibs on Rolf. Oh, heck yeah. Heck yes. Oh my gosh. I want to be Beaker. I mean, I, I, I do look, I look much more like Bunsen Honeydew, but. Uh... Oh, man. Look, honestly, between the both of us, if we were going to be Bunsen and Beaker, I'd probably have to be Bunsen and you'd have to be Beaker. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, in all fairness, good stuff. but. So yeah, good, it man. would be super fun. So actually, you know, I, I just mentioned it, but let's talk about Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. it opened up this week as well. Uh, and there was such an interesting quote by Bob Chapek that I wanted your thoughts on this. When Galaxy's Edge opened here in California, there wasn't huge lines, right? And then, of course, the Hagrid attraction opened at Universal, and there was claims that there was these 10-hour lines. I, I believe there was really long lines. I think yeah. they hit 10 hours at one point. What? And this last week, Bob Chapek's comment was, and I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the ex exact quote. I don't have it in front of me. But he said, long lines do not equal success. They actually equal failure. And when you kind of think about it, He's right, because yeah. if your attraction can't funnel in people to accommodate a reasonable amount of time, and I think in the theme park industry, we've reached the point where reasonable, and I'm using air quotes right now, is anywhere from about 90 to 120 minutes, especially when it's a brand new attraction. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, does that seem right to you? Yeah. Yeah. Ish. More or less. Ballpark, yeah. For yeah, sure. yeah. So anything over that is either because the attraction is down or because it just can't accommodate those people. I thought that was such an interesting quote. Yeah. And I think it really juxtaposes what they implemented um, in a ride capacity sense with Smuggler's Run. If any of you have been on it, you can kind of tell by the way that the ride works that um, they have a ton of vehicles operating at once even though it they provide the illusion that you're boarding a Millennium Falcon and you're getting into the cockpit of that Millennium Falcon there's probably 12 on each side that are rotating yeah. you know and it's yeah. a constant influx so even though it's one of the most popular attractions in the park it's got a really high ride capacity because of that. And, you know, something like a coaster, um, you know, can't can't accommodate things the same way. And I think he's right because the success of Smuggler's Run is not only in the artistry and the entertainment value, the thrilling nature, the amazing technology, all of that, but it's the amount of people that it can push through in an hour right and yeah you would never have a 10-hour line there even if everybody in the park went back there you know it, it just it wouldn't happen and i you know so i agree with what he's saying um i think it's a weird spot 
that Star Wars Galaxy's Edge landed in because everybody thought it was going to be just throngs and throngs of people and it would be totally overcrowded and hard to get into. And when that didn't happen, I think a lot of the discussion went to the negative. And, you know, I I think it surprised a lot of us, but it's also a huge area. It's much bigger than Cars Land, and we're all kind of comparing it to Cars Land because that was the last major brand new land to open. And it really just had that one little avenue, and it didn't have a lot of places to absorb crowds, where Galaxy's Edge has many avenues. It has many little alleyways and nooks and crannies, tons of stores, tons of things throughout to kind of absorb crowds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think I think a lot of it is an illusion. I think there are a ton of people in it at any one time, but they've created this illusion with the way it's designed that makes it not feel like that all the time. And I, I think it's a real, real success on all of those levels. Yeah. yeah agreed. agreed. That quote really got me thinking because at first I'm like, wait, Because, you know, when you think about long lines, you think about everybody who wants to write it. So you Mm -hmm. assume, hey, here's the popularity. You know, everybody wants to write it. It's just this thing. But you guys hit all the good points. It's the amount of people that they're able to get on the attraction and out so they could go ahead and, you know, go on with their day and enjoy other things. That's a it's just a really good quote. Like. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, there was, uh, I don't know how official it is because obviously Imagineering doesn't release the plans of how they build these attractions. Obviously, sometimes there's patents that become available that are, you know, anybody in the public can see them because they're filing for the patent. Uh, But in this case, for, for Smuggler's Run... A lot of it was already technology that existed, so they didn't really have to file any types of patents and give away how they're doing it. So there was some speculation of how the attraction actually functions. And I was reading that some people were speculating that Smuggler's Run can push through approximately 1,800 people per hour. Mm -hmm. So let's suppose that that number is actually correct, right? Mm -hmm. Per ride, you can get up to six people because of all the seats that are in the Falcon. Right. So if if you just divide the 1800 by six, you have about 300 times that th- a simulation of the Millennium Falcon is happening per hour. That mm-hmm. is a lot for an attraction. And so the, the speculation of how it functioned was that as soon as you're about to board, that it basically spokes out into four sectors. And each one of those sectors is on a rotating platform. So one person enters the Falcon. Yeah, it's a big turntable. That the capacity along with what the queue hides when you're actually in Smuggler's Run, because you see the Falcon from the outside, but there is a huge queue on the inside that hides a lot of people, you know, that are uh, about to board it. So, yeah, uh, like you said, Gavin, it is very deceiving. You know, it is an illusion, basically, that you're seeing. Now, the crowds at Walt Disney World, I think, were much more vast than they were for Galaxy's Edge here in California. Do you 
think that the crowds at Walt Disney World were larger primarily because uh, it's a it's more of a vacation destination than California? Or do you think that because of the marketing that went behind the opening of Galaxy's Edge at Walt Disney World, that just more people knew that it was coming and that it was open to the public? Because from what I know, they didn't do the reservation system at Walt Disney World. Uh, They were doing reservations, as far as I'm aware, because I follow a few people who are uh, Disney World posters, and they got to go in during previews and experience it over the last few weeks. Right. Uh, But I don't think it was as big of a period um, or as kind of a big, as big of a deal at Disney World because... You know, I think a lot of what they did here was testing the kinks for both places since they are mm-hmm. duplicates of each other. Um, I kind of feel like there's a, there's several reasons why the crowds appear bigger at Disney World right now. First of which is you you still have another brand new land at that park in Toy Story Land. You know, so there's still a lot of people planning their vacation, traveling to Hollywood studios out there to see two new lands. Um, Second of all, I think that they learned their lesson from Disneyland and I haven't looked into this, but I haven't heard anything about them increasing hotel rates like they did here because a big thing that happened this summer is all of the hotel rates spiked. Yep. Both the Disney Resort hotels, the Good Neighbor hotels, and all the area hotels, they spiked their prices, and that drove lots of vacationers away. And then I think the final reason is most Disney parks vacationers who have to travel to Disney parks go to Disney World. It draws a lot more people because it's a much bigger resort with more hotels, more parks, all that. So I think all of these things add up to some of those you know, pictures and posts that we've seen over the last week of incredible crowds, kind of like we expected here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how much of that is actual fact, but that's that's what I think is going on. Yeah, their reservation, um, they were only allowed like a week compared to us. We had a month, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. roughly oh, about a month. Okay. And um, what was interesting was that they had to choose what options they wanted to, you know, ex- wanted to do, whether it was the lightsabers or uh, the can no, not the cantina, excuse me. Droid uh, factory. Yes, it was like they had. There was three options that they had to mm. choose from. Um, I don't know if that's the reason there was a huge crowd this time for them because a you know, a good number of us got to go to Galaxy's Edge with a few reservations. It doesn't sound like, you know, folks in Florida were able to do the same thing, which, you know, after your first time, you want to go back. So I do understand the crowds and why there was a huge crowd for opening day. Well, I I agree. And I I feel like the, the preview thing was, it's more intended for a local base of people anyway. And that's what Disneyland has that Florida doesn't is a huge, you know, the percentage of locals that attend the park on a daily basis is like 80, 20 or something like that. And it's flipped out there, you know, it's only like 20% are locals and 80 are vacationers. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it makes sense that they did a longer preview period here that they worked out the kinks. They just did a short one there to kind of, say, okay, do we have everything lined up here the way we do in California? 
and then you know open the gates open the floodgates so to speak um quite literally because every post i see of it it's just raining cats and dogs over there uh, yeah that's the one downfall of orlando is the amount of rain they get but uh, and it currently... is weird to see posts from Disney World, yeah, and it's like a shot-for-shot replica of what we have yeah. here. And you're like, wait, it's so weird to see that, right? Yeah. And then um, by the time this episode airs, they're going to be recovering from a hurricane. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So on that note, anybody that's currently dealing with that, no matter what area you are in, please stay safe. Please go to an area that. Uh, is available to you uh, we don't know much about hurricanes here you know we don't we don't deal with that here but mm-hmm. stay as safe as possible so yeah uh, you're right they they are going to be dealing with the hurricane uh, I think there's just some tiny differences overall like there's certain things like the a-wing is across from you know the like the pathway like Mm -hmm. where it is here and I think it's just logistics of how the land is structured so it's not The entryways are slightly different. Yeah, like it's like 98% the same, basically. Right. But, you know, one interesting thing about the Walt Disney World opening is that Walt Disney World almost had two two marketing runs, right? Because it had the marketing run of the Instagrammers and the Twitter uh, posters from Galaxy's Edge here at Disneyland and then they did the official Disney marketing for Galaxy's Edge mm-hmm. and I feel like here at Disneyland we never got the official Disney marketing campaign for mm-hmm. it because you know it was it was such a buzz that Disney I mean Bob Iger actually talked about this in the last earnings call they just kind of underestimated it and felt that people were going to be the ones that talked about it on social media and that just wasn't the case so uh, yeah, I, I think for a long time people speculated that Rise of the Resistance was one of the biggest problems. But sure. the the month preview, I think, uh, did have a lot to do with that. Uh, obviously, Rise of the Resistance not opening at Walt Disney World didn't affect the opening there as well. But I think you hit it on the nose. I think because Walt Disney World is such a vacation destination, there's just a lot more people that go there mm-hmm. on a vacation versus coming here. Because for the price of a flight and a hotel and whatever you're doing, you can possibly spend just a few hundred dollars more and get so much more out of going to the Walt Disney World Resort yeah. versus just coming to California. So, yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Do you know if they did a opening ceremony live stream like they did for Disneyland with all the actors from the films and everything? No, they didn't. They didn't. Bob Chapek was there to open the park, and right. I know that they had a little bit of a ceremony, uh, but there was no official opening the way that they had here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be kind of like uh, anticlimactic if they did it out there after they already did it here, what, two and a half months ago? Yeah. So yeah. that make that makes sense. Yeah. The coolest thing, though, they had Hondo out there. And he oh, looked they did. good. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Very cool. You know, one thing that I hope uh, eventually happens at Galaxy's Edge is, remember at the last expo, we saw the model of what Galaxy's Edge was going to look like, and we were told all these things that were going to happen. There was some attractions that just didn't make it. They ended up on the cutting room floor, and they had, like, all these descriptions of droids rolling around in, in the land, and bunch of characters walking through and interacting with you 
Like, I feel like we get some of that interaction with the with the inhabitants of Batu, mm-hmm. but we don't necessarily have the characters that I feel were promised when it was first pitched at the last D23 Expo. The yeah. land itself is breathtaking, but oh, I yeah. think a lot of the experiences that we wanted to see that were basically, you know, outlined for us were part of what was cut. And I think that's what we're missing. Like some of that additional interaction is what needs to happen. Like, I think that's why Vi is so crucial to Galaxy's Edge right now, because she's one of the coolest things happening outside of this Kylo Ren and Stormtrooper thing that we've kind of already had in Tomorrowland. You know, Mm -hmm. we've already had Phasma walking around. We've had Kylo. We have the meet and greet. But Vi is this new character and the little adventure that she takes children on that's that's a plussed up experience and it's it's a really cool experience if you have the opportunity to run around with her mm-hmm. so those interactions i think if we add more of that to galaxy's edge i think that's what's really going to just kick it up to the next level when it already is totally next level compared to so many other things out there agreed yeah so. who knows we may see something you know yeah yeah So let's throw the question out there. I know we have some listeners that frequent Walt Disney World. Uh, If you had the opportunity to visit the opening of Galaxy's Edge, we'd love to hear what the experience was like. You can either send us a message, join the conversation over on any of our social networks. Just search for Podcateers on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. You can DM us. Or if you want, you can even record a voice memo on your phone and email it to comments at podcateers.com, and we can play it in an upcoming episode. You can give us a small little review of what it was like experiencing Galaxy's Edge for the first time at Disney World. So, uh, yeah. It'll be interesting to hear and to see more posts of it as the days go by. Okay, well, before we continue, uh, I do want to acknowledge that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by the generosity of kind-hearted folks that are listening just like all of you, known as the FGP Squad or our podcast fairy godparents. It is their contributions via Patreon that help produce these episodes of Podcateers. And if you like the podcast and want to help out, there's a really simple way of doing that. Head over to podcateers.com slash FGP for a little more information about the FGP squad and a link to sign up. You'll have the option to sign up for a monthly contribution, a one-time contribution of $5, 20 $1,000, $10,000. I mean, whatever you want. Whatever you want. It doesn't matter. I mean, we'll we'll take any of it. The sky's It'll the limit. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I like your style. What is, what does it hurt to ask for $10,000? The worst <laughs> they can say is no. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> right? So, again, podcateers.com slash FGP is the place you want to go for that link and for information. And to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send out a huge thank you for your continued support. Okay, so at the very end of the last episode, I talked about that uh, $140 pin that I got for signing (laughs) up for Disney Plus, right? Right. Uh, So they had this great, great, amazing deal going for the D23 Expo uh, for, you know, signing up for Disney Plus for three years, blah, blah, blah. Well, Disney decided a couple days after the Expo to publicly allow the rest of the world to sign up for that uh, with a d23 membership uh, which you could sign up for the free membership and do this and they effectively broke the internet once again (laughs) 
just like Ralph, uh, just like many other things that they've tried to do. I know that at my work, um, half of my team was signing up for it um, on that day. And Charlie had the same experience at her work. Um, Such an amazing deal that went through. um, I think as of the day we're recording this, I think there's one more day that you can sign up uh, to get it. Uh, Did you guys end up uh, going for the deal? No. Um, The reason why is because I, (laughs) how do I say this? Um, I blew my funds at the expo and I don't get paid yet. (laughs) Uh, I totally get that. Uh, I actually did pull the trigger on it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So as you know, uh, I went to the expo specifically, well, not specifically for this, but one of the things I really wanted to get at the expo was the new Mark Davis book set that Pete Doctor and Chris Merritt put together. And, one thing that I didn't want to do was because I was vlogging, I didn't want to carry the book around because it was just way too heavy. On Friday, after we were done with everything, I completely spazzed out and forgot to go buy the book because I figured I'll buy it at the end of the day, take it home, and I don't have to worry about it. Totally forgot. And as soon as I got home, I thought, ah, I forgot to buy it. And then I thought, no problem. The panel is on Sunday anyway. I'll buy it on Sunday. I'll have them sign it. And then that's, you know, I'll just have to carry it around the rest of the day. It's not a big deal. The expo will be over in a few hours anyway. I didn't get a chance to go to that panel. The day just kind of rearranged itself. Uh, You can (laughs) say it Disney genied me through the day. By the way, a new technology that's coming very soon to Walt Disney World for your planning needs. Disney Genie was announced at the parks panel. We could talk about it later in case you guys don't know what it is. But... (laughs) Uh, my day just kind of rearranged itself and I didn't get a chance to go to that panel or buy the book. And so I just kept thinking, okay, I have this money that I set aside because I want this book. I want this book. And every time I walk by Disney plus, Hey, we have this great deal. It's this founder circle deal. Plus you get this pin and I'm thinking, I mean, do I really want the, I mean, it's okay. It's a cool (laughs) pin, but the money that I have is for this book. So I kept going through my day, finished vlogging. At the end of the day, I go to buy the book. They were out. And because they had a specific amount available for the D23 Expo, because of the fact that it was released early, they didn't have an unlimited supply. The book actually releases in about a week after this episode drops, I believe. And so it was an early release at the Expo. Plus, I really wanted the wed stamp that they were going to put in there as part of their signatures. That was my the big appeal for me. So they ran out of the book, and I thought to myself, all right, I guess I just have 150 bucks now. I guess, you know, it's, I didn't spend it on, <gasps> I should get Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> and so I go to the Disney Plus booth, and I'm super excited because I'm thinking, okay, well, at least we'll be able to enjoy Disney+. Plus and that cool Founder Circle pin. And they ran out of the pin. Oh, oh no. <laughs> no. And so I-, I figured, okay, well, if the appeal of signing up here at the expo was at the expo was kind of the the deal that was going to be available for a week later and getting the pin and I'm not getting the pin, I'll just sign up when I get home. It's not a big deal. I'm still founder circle. I just don't get the pin basically. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did. I got home and the next day uh, I went on or that evening, I believe I went online 
signed up and got the whole like you are founder circle 77 days and counting to the launch of Disney plus 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 nice and uh, I was excited I sent a message to Lynette and she was excited and all I kept thinking was where's my pin where's my pin I don't get a pin it's fine. It's well, whatever, whatever. I didn't get a pin. I spent one hundred and forty dollars just like Gavin, and I didn't get a pin. Where's my pin? <laughs> do you, do so, you yeah. gaze upon mine? Oh, so beautiful! Look at them little mouse ears. Look at them little mouse ears. Oh, that's just the pin backing sticking I out. <laughs> yeah, I know, but still, it looks cute that it's got little yeah, mouse ears. It's true. So that's true. So yeah, I did sign up for it. I thought it was a fantastic deal. But like you said, it did break the internet. Different forums, like different articles posted it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I start seeing all these alert on my fo- uh, all these alerts appear in my Google News stream saying like Disney Plus now available for all D23 free members and here's how to sign up. Here's the link. Here's the link. And then boom, Vanilla Pivon Sweets. Oh no. <laughs> did you guys actually see the error page? No. It was adorable because was it, it said, oh, no, we found a glitch. And then it Aww. had Vanellope right next to it. That's fantastic. So I thought it was super cool. Nice. Yeah. At work, I think there was at least seven people that wow. were emailing me and messaging me about, hey, did you sign up for this Disney Plus thing? Do you think I should get it? I'm like, um, yeah. But I do. I have to. Nope. Just sign up. It's use the free one. That's what I have. It worked for me. It's it's all good, and that's yeah, what they it's, did. It's so I blame them deal. for breaking it. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it makes sense that they broke it because too many people all at once. But you know, they were marketing that throughout the expo. Almost every panel and show that yeah. I went to, they mentioned yeah. Disney Plus in one way or another. Um, and this was basically their way. <laughs> it's kind of like a drug dealer. Like, just just get everybody hooked on it. And then they'll come <laughs> back for more, right? Yeah. Uh, that's kind of what they were doing here. And it's smart because I told you guys before, I wasn't planning on getting this. But that deal was really, really good. Too good to pass up. And, you know, then I watched the trailer for uh, The Mandalorian, which is the Star Wars show that they're going to produce for Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. And it looks so stinking good. And, you know, there's so many, like, classic live-action films and, you know, things that I don't own that's not feature animation that I would definitely want to see. And the fact that, you know, they'll have awesome stuff like the Simpsons and thing and Nat Geo. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's a really good, uh, catalog with a lot of variety to it. And it sounds like the content they're going to be creating for it. The original content is going to be really good. Yes. I will probably watch high school musical, the series. I don't care who knows. (laughs) Probably. I'm totally watching it. Yeah. It looks, looks really fun. Uh, like Disney meets Glee. I can't wait. Plus, that Kristen Bell show that's going to be on where they like get all the old, yes. um, the old high schoolers, the, the, theater, the theater dreamers. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. That looks great too. <laughs> that, that could be interesting for sure. I agree. Yeah. It, it, it just looks great. And you know, their, their booth was kind of the central booth on the show floor. Like I feel like the Marvel booth and the, Disney Plus booth yeah. were like in the center of the showroom floor and they were pushing it heavily and they made it so easy to just sign up and 
get your pin. Sorry, Hazen. Uh, and you know, walk away with that screaming deal. I, I, it's weird. I did it very late on the third day and I got a pin. So I don't, I don't, you must've gotten there just, it's just too late. Right before they closed up the expo. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, sorry, man. It's all right. That's okay. I'm like I said, I'm still founder circle. Uh, the pin was probably just going to live in a drawer, you know, like, so it's all good. I mean, the the pin is nice, but the deal itself is absolutely fantastic because considering all the content that was coming or that is coming to Disney Plus, $6.99 per month is a fantastic deal because it's very competitive pricing to like a Netflix or even Hulu, which technically they own, right? Mm -hmm. But this deal brought the monthly price to about $3.90 per month almost half price it's insane and i don't know how they're going to handle it when that three years expires i don't know if you're going to be able to renew at like a founder's circle fee or something or if you're going to get an even greater discount when you bundle it with hulu and everything else that they're going to bundle it with but you know we're going to get more information on that once disney plus launches Mm -hmm. and i for one i'm excited because I've loved our Hulu subscription. You know, we do have Netflix. We do have Amazon Video. But Hulu has been really the thing that we've all been watching because even for the non-Disney stuff, like currently we're watching like Animaniacs and Tiny Toon Adventures. Uh, We've been watching a lot of Doug and some Rugrats. So the (laughs) fact that that's all on Hulu, I mean, I'll I'll admit it. I've been watching a ton of Saved by the Bell on there. You know? (laughs) Nice. I mean, it's just there for me to watch. Why wouldn't I? Yeah. You know, so that's kind of how I feel like Disney Plus is going to be, where uh, aside from the fact that you're getting this amazing price, you have four concurrent streams, which most other services don't give you for the quote unquote cheaper price. And that's yeah. what you're getting, you know, up to 10 devices for concurrent streams. So absolutely an amazing deal. Uh, if uh, by, by the time you listen to this episode, unfortunately, it will be too late. But hopefully you had the opportunity to sign up for it. And look, if you didn't, it's okay. Because like I said, even at the $6.99 price, it is an absolute bargain for oh, all yeah. the stuff that you're going to be getting. Yeah, agreed. They did a great job amassing that catalog for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we mentioned how large the the Disney Plus booth and the Marvel booths were at D23. Let's talk about some of the other stuff on the show floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that you guys had the opportunity to experience a lot more of what was actually on the floor than I did. So let's start, Gavin, with you. What are some of the things that you had a chance to experience on the expo floor? Uh, yeah, totally. So like we, we kind of already talked about the parks and resorts pavilion that Imagineering puts on. Uh, you know, that's always a highlight for me. They were they were uh, really highlighting the Epcot uh, revolution that's happening. They were highlighting the new Star Wars themed um, Starship Hotel uh, from yeah. Florida and then also Avengers Campus. And those were amazing. Uh, but really there was a bunch of other booths that I really, um, enjoyed the very first thing I went to look at when I arrived at the expo day one was the D 23 design challenge booth. 
Um, for those of you who may or may not know, both Mel and I uh, put our hats in the ring with art, art <laughs> pieces for the show, and neither of us made it in this year, but... Um, you know, we, we gave it our all. We had fun doing it. And so yeah. I always like seeing uh, what is on display there because it's it's pretty much all um, amateur artists or, you know, artists who aren't, you know, like obviously they're not working for the studio or anything. So uh, it's, it's fan art is what it is. And this year it was all about the 50th anniversary of the Haunted Mansion. So lots of cool, interesting takes on the mansion and different ways to represent it. So I thought that was really cool. I really liked the way that they built that booth and displayed it like it was walls from the mansion with the the yeah. iconic wallpaper and like wood molding at the bottom and the top. And, and it was like uh, you walked around it, and but it was like little alcoves and like cutouts that you would step into to look at the different pieces. Really, really cool design that's better than any other previous challenge they've done, which have typically just been a straight wall that they put things on like both sides of. Uh, so I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually had an opportunity to talk to Jeremy Gatlin, which was the winner oh, cool. of the yeah. design challenge. Nice. Uh, so that's actually going to be in the day three vlog. Uh, we, we were walking around and we were checking out all the stuff in that section as well. And he just happened to say, oh, yeah, I'm the guy that designed this one. And we, we were just talking about how it was an interesting choice that the design challenge was Haunted Mansion based and that they chose a Phantom Manor as the winner. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, we did get a chance to talk to him. Uh, that video will be going up on the YouTube channel. So if you guys aren't subscribed, youtube.com slash Make sure that when you subscribe, you hit that little bell icon for notifications whenever new videos are posted because YouTube will not tell you when you're just subscribed. They're like, oh, you subscribed? Uh, we bet you don't want to know when they post stuff because subscribing doesn't mean nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> you got to ring that little bell. So make sure that you do that. True. So, yeah. Uh, so the next booth that I want to talk about that was awesome was the Disney Broadway VR experience booth. Uh, did either of you guys get a chance to do that one? No. no. I okay. was oogling at um, uh, Jeff Goldblum most of the time from the floor <laughs> as he was doing interviews. Got it. Got it. Well, so the, the they had a similar thing last expo where it was a little VR experience where you could see a piece from the Lion King. And I tried oh. every day I was there to get in and they kept like closing the line because it was at capacity and I never could get in. Well, they had it organized a little better this time. And so I finally got to do it this year. And this year they did three different songs that you got to see uh, as a part of this experience. So you queue up and then you go into this little virtual theater. They put on the goggles for you and they put on the headphones for you and you get to see uh, Let It Go from Frozen. You got to see Friend Like Me from Aladdin. And then it ended on Circle of Life from Lion King. Oh, wow. And as a part of the experience, it's as if you were sitting in the very front row center and you crawled up on stage and are standing at the front of the stage looking at the performers performing right in your face. Wow. And you could look to the left and you could look to the right. You could see off stage. You could see like stage hands at the sides of the stage. You could look up and see the rigging of all the 
curtains and stuff above you. So it was like you were in the theater and, you know, genies like right in your face doing a tap dance number. It was amazing. And then the um, the last number was Circle of Life. Um, they actually had five or six different camera angles that it was bouncing around between. And when it reaches the climax of the song, they actually put you on top of Pride Rock <gasps> with Mufasa and all the characters up there Ooh. looking down on all the animals. And so you were like, you're sitting in your chair, like looking down at the floor, but you're looking down like 20 feet to the stage oh, where the characters are below cool. you. It was incredible. So that was a really, really fun experience. And I did that on the same day that we did the Broadway concert. So I did that on Saturday. Nice. So that was like a whole Broadway day for me. It was, it was amazing. Uh, there's one more booth I want to talk about. And it was the uh, Team of Heroes booth. Uh, did either of you guys get to experience that? Mm-mm. No. Okay, so it was part of it was kind of it was called the Team of Heroes um, booth, but then it kind of went into it was kind of combined with the Volunteers uh, booth. Oh. You know, the Volunteers oh, okay. is the Disney volunteer um, organization that cast members can be a part of, right? Um, but it was really cool because from the outside you can kind of see that it's a little queue and they were saying you get like a little, you know, pin, it's a different pin every day and you get like a little reusable bag. Um, and you could tell that part of it was, um, packaging up a little bag for a kid, um, Mm -hmm. which was kind of neat. What you couldn't see from the outside was when you get in there, they actually separate you into little groups and you get to tour, um, and and experience what Disney is partnering with children's hospitals to do um, at hospitals around the country. And it was so, so awesome. It was one of the most moving, touching things I saw all weekend. Um, you know, Joey Chu, who is a Wonderground artist, I'm sure many of us follow him. Um, he got to partner with them on this project in creating these huge murals that they're installing in uh, hospitals. That's cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's a part of this. But so they basically take you on this little tour. They first bring you into a waiting room, which shows you some of the magic that they're creating in um, these areas like magical windows where characters will appear and they're, they're interactive. Uh, they had posters on the wall, which were like interactive and, and would change along the way. And all of this is basically so that a kid who's going for a, a visit, you know, and I remember as a kid going to the doctor's office or going to the hospital is one of the most stressful things mm-hmm. I ever had to deal with, you know, like, and kids get scared and all these things were to help kids, you know, just find enjoyment, find entertainment, like reduce the stress, uh, of what they were feeling. So they, they toured us through, um, a waiting room and then like a hallway, which had Joey Chu's insane mural on it. And they, they showed us this app that patients are going to be able to download where they can scan parts of that mural and it comes to life. Wow. Like, oh, that is all of awesome. this stuff is fully interactive, right? And then they brought us into a patient's room um, and they showed us how they're going to get to choose their hospital gowns and they're all like Disney bound costumes. That's um, so cool. They're going to get to choose their hospital um, ID badge, which it's like a thousand different characters that they get to choose from. 
Um, like all these things, you know, they just get to personalize their experience. They get to just kind of have all this magic involved, right? That can Mm -hmm. kind of distract them or entertain them while they're going through what could be a terrible experience. Uh, And then the last room they toured you through was um, showing models of play spaces that they're building in hospitals. And there was a Star Wars one, a Black Panther one, a... I can't remember if it was pirates or if it was Peter Pan, but it had a pirate ship. And then ah, one other one, I can't remember. But basically these wheelchair accessible little play areas where, you know, you could, a kid could go in like while they're waiting or, you know, if they've got a long hospital stay, it's a place where they can go to periodically and just play and have fun. And everything was interactive and it was, it just was so moving to see this. And it, it literally brought tears to my eyes um, to see that, that this is something that the Disney company is doing, you know, mm-hmm. to, you know, we know that their involvement with, you know, the Chalk Children's Hospital. And, you know, we saw the amount of giving that they did for City of Hope uh, when we participated in that event. And it's just really cool to see that they're not just investing money, but they're investing their expertise in magic yeah. Yeah. and installing that in these children's hospitals. So they kind of rile up all your emotions and then they put you in this <laughs> queue. They're like, now you're going to pack a bag for a kid at a hospital. And you filled up these little bags with all kinds of like treats and little toys and souvenirs for a kid. And you hand that to the cast member and then they hand you like your pin. And I got this cool, uh, little bb8 team of heroes pin oh that's so uh, sweet from that and i did this on the last day and i wish i had done it all three days because they were giving out three different things but also i just wish i did it more times because it was such a cool cool thing yeah um yeah so that was that was probably it probably ended up being my favorite booth on the floor I would argue that that pin right there is way more valuable than your founder circle pin it might be. I it's, would agree. Yeah, it's super cool. <laughs> yeah, just with everything that you just described, I feel that it's just more valuable because of yeah. the experience and what basically you were getting out of, you know, going through that experience. Yeah. Uh, it was cool. Yeah, I remember when they announced this uh, Team of Heroes initiative last March – Bob Iger was at the Children's Hospital in Texas because mm-hmm. that's that was the founding hospital that they yep. basically the flagship hospital where they launched all of this this initiative uh, and they vowed that they were going to donate a hundred million dollars to basically outfit all of these hospitals uh, across the U.S. to help children. So uh, yeah. it's awesome to see that the initiative has just gone forth and that, you know, they have all this cool technology, the RFID technology that they've implemented into all of it. And then the murals, um, you know, it, it's so funny because I think a long time ago, we were talking about VR on one of the episodes and uh, I was super excited about Disney jumping into the world of VR and these goggles and everything because these experiences like the one that you just talked about where you're on pride rock and then, you know, you're, you're in front of the genie on stage. That's great. You know, that that's fantastic. But 
I've always loved that technology as a form of taking those experiences to people that can't go to those experiences. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You know, for these children or for these families that are, are bound to a hospital bed, bring this VR technology so that they can go see this Aladdin show or be a part of the Lion King. Like, that's what excites me about this technology. The technology itself, itself super cool, Yes. But it's the implementation of that technology that just excites me and just it, it, it just gives me this warm, fuzzy feeling inside, you know? Yep. Oh, man, I regret not going to that booth, dude. So much <laughs> it right was, now. It was super cool. So I was I was very, very impressed by their whole presentation in there. It was really cool. Wow. And I yeah. liked that it was one of the first things you saw when you went into the show floor. You know, if you entered yeah. in the center section, it was right there. So, and I always saw a line. So I feel like they really got to, you know, share their message with a lot of people, which was cool. Yeah. I wonder if anybody vlogged it because if they did, I want to try to find a video on YouTube where they go through that experience. And mm-hmm. I'm going to try to put it in the blog post for the episode. Podcasters.com slash two seven two. If I'm able to find one, um, yeah, it just seems like it was such a great experience. Yep. What about you, Mel? What are some of the things that you had a chance to experience? I got to experience um, learning about um, Disney Aspire, and this is oh, the booth okay. that's right behind um, the area that Gavin was just talking about. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a big booth, but it it gave us the time like to listen to the stories of those who are going to college and this is like college enrollment like the um tuition it's all paid for by disney and you're talking you know ged just completion masters any degree you could think of um pretty much cast members are eligible for this and they only get a certain amount, but these individuals have like this opportunity for 200 degrees, 290 programs. I mean, so many schools. Um, there was one story that that kind of got me like in the feels and it was a, mo- a mother and daughter and they were going back to school to complete their own education. And it's something you don't really hear about. You know, you usually hear like just the parent or just one person from the, you know, the family. Mm-hmm. Um, but to hear these different stories that these individuals, they have that opportunity. It's amazing. So we went around and looked at all the different screens and they were giving away these lanyards to celebrate the first anniversary. And they're pretty, I mean, it's pretty cool. Let's see if you guys can see this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It was cool. the one-year anniversary for it, yeah. Uh huh. So they were giving those out as well. Um, so we hung around that for a little bit. Um, the next little area was the Uptown Disney, and yeah. this was really cool because I, to me, it kind of felt like the Pop Up Disney exhibit, mm-hmm. and you had like these three little rooms. And the first one was based off the Little Mermaid. So adorable. You had um, your little photo ops. And I didn't see it until I took the picture. There's these little, like, shells on the wall. And it's like, (laughs) it's so silly. The title says, 
call me on my shell phone. <laughs> I see you, Disney. <laughs> um, That's funny. I mean, they had like products, different things um, according to the theme. Really adorable stuff. And um, the next room was all Mickey. So you got to see like right. black and white with a touch of like some colors. Again, just merchandise, just to look at. Really cute stuff. The next room after that was, I want to say it was Toy Story. Three, four, five. There's like about five rooms. The next one was Toy Story. So they had like the whole carnival thing with the different characters. And just a lot of eye candy to look at. And they had a Marvel room. And Ooh. they had like, yeah. And they had like this whole section of all these toys, these figurines that you could see. Um, what else did they have? Oh, this was the coolest part that I wish I had a chance to actually send this to my email. They had a little section where you could go up, put your face against the, the camera, and you put your face into Iron Man's suits. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. Why did I not get a text message or something saying, Hazen, where are you? You can be inside the Iron Man suit. I'm sorry. I was I was so I was so into it and stuff and I'm sorry. Next time. <laughs> I, I didn't even know that was a thing. I, I I did text you that um Iron Man Keurig machine. So that's true. You did. That's true. I had your back, buddy. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I actually, you know what? I almost pulled the trigger on buying that. And then I saw how much it was. And I thought, you know what? I already have a coffee press. There you go. So <laughs> in the same room, you have another photo op across. And it's Spider-Man with his hand extended out. So it's as if, you know, those pictures that you may have seen on Instagram where the person is holding that other person's hand. And mm -hmm. they're walking away uh, or something. Okay. So they had that too. I saw people posting that picture. I didn't know where that was. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. all in the same room. Got it. Oh, man. That's super cool. And then there's one more room where it's all Sith. All yeah. Star Wars Sith stuff. It's it was red, all and, red black. and black. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. It was really cool. They had a um a Lego figurine, um, stormtrooper. Yes, life size <laughs> of a stormtrooper, and it was like really cool. They had skateboards, again, other things like shoes. It was really cool. Pretty awesome stuff, just to look through and just go through and just see. Right after that area, we went to the Disney Plus area, and there was a photo op. Which was really sweet. I want to say it was about maybe 10 minutes of a wait. But the wait was really, really worth it. Um, you got to go in a room with these screens behind you. And you had about 8 seconds to do whatever you want. You know, as long as it's clean, of course. Um, you could dance. You could pose. You could do whatever you want with either if it's yourself or with friends. And... It looked like a commercial. Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really cool. I remember really seeing cool. those. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that. I saw several huh. people posting that one, too, and I thought, that looks like a pretty cool uh, little experience there. Yeah. See, that was the major difference for me this time around. I feel like 
having reservations almost spoiled me to the point where I was like, I don't want to stand in line for anything. I'm good. <laughs> I just walk around and look at stuff. No, but this was really cool. Um, the other one that I, I was in line, but I didn't do it because my friend Andrew, you guys may have seen him as Sala. I was just in line with mm-hmm. him. He had to do the Marvel photo op. And that was oh, where yeah. you came out of the portal yeah. in Endgame. And I'm like, dude, you need to do this. I want Sala needs to do this. Let's just make this happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did that one. Oh, nice. Yeah, oh, did? I did that one because nice. when I walked by, there was only two people waiting for that one because it was right when the street party was ending. Nice. So people emptied okay. out to watch the street party. And right as it was ending, people started walking back, and there was only two people at the front. So I was like, I'm jumping in. Yeah. And so I totally nice. did that one. I looked like Very a total cool. dork doing it, and I loved it. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, not nice. awesome that you look like a dork, but oh, awesome but that I you loved did. it so much. <laughs> oh, man. What else did I do? I did get to check out the Hulu area. Uh, they were giving out um, pins. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got one of their pins. Yeah, that one I got. That. Gosh, I can't remember. I'm going to have to look at pictures. I can't remember right now. See, this whole thing was a blur. Mm. <laughs> the one the one thing I saw that I forgot to mention uh, that had some pretty cool stuff was the Disney animation and Pixar animation booth. Oh, yeah. Um, they had some really cool photo ops there and some cool props. The main one I was stoked about was they had the van from yep. Onward. <laughs> and I took probably 20 to 30 pictures of that van from details of the things sitting in nice. the dashboard. I took pictures on the, of the inside, of the stickers in the back window. Like the detail on that thing was incredible and I couldn't get enough of it. I'm so pumped. Did you for get that to movie. see the poster that they had in front, the frozen poster? The frozen poster in front of the mm-hmm. frozen area there? I don't know. I don't remember. So what if was you it? have Snapchat, you were able to go onto the little QR mm. code and then scan the um the poster itself. And within the poster yes. of the um the snowflake, you were able to see a little bit of Anna and Elsa. Like as a video, it was really cool. Nice. Yeah, I saw people doing that, but I, I don't uh, Snapchat. So me neither. I, I just saw it through a friend. <laughs> I don't either. I Instagram story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Nice. Yeah, the van from Onward was super cool. I didn't get a chance to go into as much detail as you did, but I did get a chance to get a picture with Forky. And oh. while I was standing next to Forky, <laughs> I was like, trash? And then I would respond to him like, trash? And then I would respond to him. And so when <laughs> I walked away, I saw kids walking and they went over. They're like, oh, my God, it's Forky. And I'm like, trash? From like behind <laughs> the wall. And the kids were just like tripping out. I thought it was the cutest thing ever. So I kind of wanted to spend awesome. the rest of my afternoon just making Forky say trash to kids that were walking up. <laughs> uh, I did get a chance to go there. I went to um, the runes that they had for the photo op for Anna and Elsa in mm-hmm. the in the forest. I didn't mm-hmm. do the photo op, but I got a chance to cross into it between uh, people that were walking up for the photo op. 
and then I got in trouble. So then <gasps> I walked right back out. <laughs> I didn't realize where I was walking in, and they were like, um, sir, that's a photo op. I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And then I walked away. Uh, I did that. I did the Avengers Campus because I just needed to see all the yeah. stuff that was there. Believe it or not, because there was no line for it, I went and I saw the history of Autopia, which was just there. Okay. And at one point, even Bob Gurr walked in and he was talking about the history of Autopia as he remembered it in comparison to what was on the walls. And some of those videos were posted on his <laughs> Instagram account. So if you didn't get a chance to see it, check out his Instagram account. That's I'm also going to post them in the blog post for the episode, podcasters.com slash 272 if you want to check that out. Uh, did obviously the the little Marvel booth where they had all of the costumes from the different characters. I went in mm-hmm. there and I checked out some of the costumes. Uh, went to the Hulu booth, got their pin. I was at the Espen booth when I met Steve Zaragoza, a YouTuber from the Valley Folk, which I thought was pretty fun. I spent a good amount of time at the Toshin booth because I was looking through their books. Mm-hmm. And I really yeah. want the Stan Lee and the Disneyland books that they have because they're so yeah. gorgeous and they have so much information yeah. that I just wanted those books. And uh, if I had the money to buy their package, I would have totally purchased the entire package because, you know, it's just drop a cool thousand on that. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's no big, no biggie. whatever. <laughs> what else did I do? Yeah, that was it. Oh, I walked around some of those things uh, from the Mickey pop-up exhibit, like the giant T-shirt and the big mm-hmm. Mickey uh, vinylmation and stuff like that. I walked around that area looking at that stuff. Um, and then I just walked around just talking to people and trying to enjoy people's cosplays. I think that's really how I spent most yeah. of my time yeah. outside of not being in panels. Like I said, I didn't. I wasn't a big fan of standing in lines this time around. I felt like I just kind of wanted to wander and just enjoy the expo for mm-hmm. what it was and enjoy the panels that I had access to. And anything that didn't have a line that was longer than five minutes, I stood in that line and I just kind of did it. And that that's kind of how I rolled nice. most of the time. And I enjoyed it so much. Like I think my expectations at this expo were so much different than they have been in previous years because mm-hmm. th- there was always that sense of urgency of needing to get somewhere because I needed to stand in line to make sure that I made it in. And that sense of urgency wasn't there this time. It was yeah. quite the opposite. There was a sense of calm because I knew that I had reservations that guaranteed they got me in. Where I sat was not guaranteed. Obviously, there were sections for those reservations, but at least I knew I was getting mm-hmm. into the panel. That was part of the guarantee of what I was getting when I signed up. And so because of that, I I didn't feel as stressed out as I did before. And that I think is what allowed me to walk around and vlog a little bit more. I do regret obviously not having the third day to just take pictures because I think of any day, usually the Saturday is when most people really step it up with their cosplays. They really step it up with the guests that end up attending the expo itself because Dwayne Johnson was there on Saturday yeah, you know, and <laughs> there wasn't other stars like that on Friday, 
you know, walking around. Obviously, there was just a handful of them on Sunday. But, you know, I, I feel like Saturday is traditionally when they pull out the big guns, so to speak. Mm-hmm. That That's probably my biggest regret. But overall, I just had tons of fun this time. I didn't walk away feeling yeah. like, oh, no, I got screwed at this expo you know quite the contrary like especially looking at those videos i'm telling you i talked to so many people got a chance to walk around and experience so much i'm happy not even going on the saturday this time fair enough that's good man (laughs) that's good i feel like uh, all three of us have been so many times that you know it makes sense that we feel like we can kind of take our time and enjoy it because we know how to pick and choose what we want to experience. We know how to manage our expectations with the amount of panels we're going to be able to see. Um, you know, I know my first expo, which was in 2011, I had like 20 panels that I wanted to see. And when, you know, I only got to see like five because you physically just can't be in two places at once. Um, I was really disappointed, but you know, you, if you go into it with the right set of expectations, then yeah, you can totally enjoy yourself. And, you know, you talked about the booth lines and not wanting to do that. I, I feel like what they did better this time is most of the booths that had lines, the lines were at least interesting. They had things for you to look at or even experience along the way um, in many of the lines. So, you know, I, I think it's evolving in a positive direction every time yeah. they do this. And my fear is that they're going to outgrow the Anaheim Convention Center and it's going to have to move. Heaven forbid they move it up to L.A. I don't want to go to the L.A. Convention Center. Um, And heaven forbid it moves out of the SoCal area entirely. I know that a lot of the rest of the country would love to have it, you know, somewhere different. But I... I always want it to be in Anaheim. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, there's a charm to it, you know, being across the street from Disneyland and everything. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Yeah, the the expectations thing plays a huge role in how you enjoy the expo. Because even with the reservations that I had, I still had certain panels that I knew I – possibly wasn't going to attend because some panels do run late they either start late or they just run a little bit later because of what's being presented and that absolutely happened to me with the parks panel i was expecting the parts the parks panel to end half an hour earlier than it did so that i can make it to the star wars one and i completely missed star Mm -hmm. wars because of it you know, uh, I also missed yeah. another panel on Sunday because of the same reasoning. So, you know, as long as you're choosing the ones that you absolutely want to go to and you're happy with what you saw, you're going to end up happy with the expo as a whole. Yeah. You know, and it's managing those expectations, yeah. like you said, Gavin, that are key. Totally. Um. Well, yeah, that that's all the stuff I had a chance to experience. I know we talked about panels. I remembered one more thing um, that I thought was really cool, um, but it's, uh, you know, I'm a fan of the film uh, and excited about the upcoming films. But did you guys get to see the Avatar yeah, exhibit upstairs? I did. It was an Avatar exhibit I, upstairs? Yeah. yeah. Um, they, so 
in one of the big rooms upstairs, um, I think it was on the mm-hmm. second floor uh, near where they had the archive stage, uh, they had a whole avatar walkthrough exhibit and there was never a line for it. Um, it was a big room where they had props from the films. They had all kinds of incredible um, concept artwork from the films and from Pandora, the world of Avatar in uh, Walt Disney World. They had all kinds of busts of the characters in full detail, and many of them were um, scaled to the Mm -hmm. right size. Mm -hmm. Um, They had all kinds of maquettes that they used um, while they were making the film. Uh, It was just a really cool um, inside look at uh, that whole world um, and its creation. I thought it was neat. You know, I've always loved that film and I've, you know, been waiting and waiting and waiting for the subsequent films to come out. Um, So I thought it was cool. It was one of those quiet oasis type places for the Mm -hmm. expo Mm -hmm. that it was nice to just go in there. They had really soft kind of music playing like from the score from the soundtrack and it was like low blue lighting it was it was relaxing (laughs) yeah it was a really neat little place so i was glad i went and checked that out yeah and they also had a photo op and uh, excuse Mm -hmm. me like i have mentioned i have not seen the movie so this was really cool to see but the photo op was really interesting it had um these giant shoes that you could just fill in but it made you look like you were smaller it was cute (laughs) i saw people posting those giant shoe pictures yeah okay (laughs) for some reason i thought that was on the first floor and i just kept missing it (laughs) yeah no it was it was upstairs okay yeah see it just goes to show you how much there is to do at the expo that unless you actually know you know what you're looking for you you may not even find it you know you never know what you're going to find when you round a corner or go upstairs upstairs at the last expo and almost every other expo has always been like where people go and they relax and they they need a little bit of quiet uh i remember (laughs) my wife and i were walking around the expo on sunday and she made a comment saying remember when we went upstairs at one of the expos and we were previewing a brand new show about to premiere on ABC called Modern Family. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Yep. I feel so old. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it was so long ago, right? But yeah. Yeah, the expo just has a lot of nooks and crannies where you can go check out experiences that sometimes you don't even expect. And sometimes they're some of the coolest experiences that they have. Oh, the one other thing that we had a chance to do that I didn't mention was we did end up going into the Heroes and Villains costume exhibit. Ah. And we ended up walking around and checking out the costumes. Uh, It was okay. Mm. It it was cool. I mean, it's, it's close. You know, I think that if you're into creating that stuff, I think it's different. You know, if you have the passion for how you create costumes or clothing, that exhibit is absolutely fantastic. But for me, it was just cool looking at the costumes and I was done like five minutes into it, (laughs) you know, but that's just my personal preference. 
They seem to lean heavily into the costumes for the last few expos when it comes to that Disney archives uh, pavilion. Yeah. This one was purely costumes, so I didn't even go into it. Um, but I remember a few years ago, they had the original Tron costumes from 1982 wow. Tron. And that was so cool to see. That was awesome. But other than that, like, yeah, I don't I don't get off on the costumes. Yeah. Again, the only reason I ended up going into this one was because it was uh, just diagonally from where the Marvel booth was. And the line mm-hmm. to get into that one wrapped around towards the Marvel booth, right in between Marvel and the Star Wars one. And mm-hmm. there was this time on Sunday where somebody was at the exit and they were saying, hey, if you want to enjoy this exhibit, there's absolutely no line for it right now. You can just walk in, no waiting. And I thought, that sounds like something I want to (laughs) do. And because there was no line, I figured, okay, I can go inside, check out what's in there. You know, I got a little bit of video of the stuff that was in there. Again, not necessarily something that I would spend hours and hours in chronicling, but it was cool to see some of the stuff that was in there. Yeah, I would have gone if there was no line. Every time I went by, there was, you know, that line wrapped yeah. around the whole thing. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I definitely would have jumped on that chance too if I had it. Yeah. So outside of, of not going into any of the stores, uh, I think we mentioned it last episode, wasn't a big priority for me this time around. Overall, the... The stuff inside is not stuff that I'm generally interested in buying. I would love to own it, but it's just way too much for me to purchase. Uh, I also don't have spots to put it. You know, you run into that dilemma of what am I going to take down or what am I going to put? Where am I going to what am I going to replace? Basically, if I purchase this and once you get that aesthetic that you like, you, you kind of want to keep it and buying more stuff just becomes clutter. And I'm at the point where I'm trying to declutter. <laughs> Same. You know, I'm just trying to get stuff and I just want to streamline and keep it as open as possible. Uh, so yeah, that, that's kind of where I am, which, and so buying stuff just really wasn't top priority for me, but uh, any final thoughts on the expo before we wrap up D 23, 2019. Nope. <laughs> um, I kind of went away from it feeling like um, I I wasn't sure if I was going to go to the next expo. And I felt like that a couple times just because, you know, it's it's a lot, you know, it's it's a lot to deal with. Um, it's in some ways, it's kind of the same from expo to expo. Um, but we're only a week out. I'm already feeling like, oh gosh, I can't wait till the next one. <laughs> I'm, I'm such a sucker for it. Uh, I, I I will say that I'm going to be on you next summer, Hazen, um, to be ready to purchase your tickets so we yeah. can get you there all three days. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that uh, one. We need to make yep. that happen. Um, but yeah, I it's it's such a cool <clears throat> celebration of the Disney fandom. Uh, whatever your particular fandom is there's something there for you uh if you've never gone before do yourself a favor and try it at least once it is a lot but it's so cool man yeah mel i'm i'm already thinking of my next costume for (laughs) 
<laughs> the next expo. <laughs> Do you need a 3D printer from Gavin? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. You know, one thing that I didn't necessarily get a chance to talk a lot about in the last couple of episodes, and it'll kind of be like my closing thoughts about this. Um, you know, I, I enjoy doing things with my kids. I like going to experiences like this with them, but there was something kind of magical and this is going to sound super wrong and I'm sorry, boys, but there was something super magical about not having my kids around for this and just enjoying the expo for what it was because, you know, my kids are young. You know, and most of the time they require a lot of attention. They get tired a lot faster. They get hungrier faster than we do. And they just don't have the patience that most adults have and some that don't uh, to stand in lines or to wait for panels. And the expo, I really feel like it's not really for children. The expo, I think, is more for adults that want to either spend money, show off their cosplays, have a good time with other adults. And although some of the photo ops, I think, are geared towards kids, I really feel like the experience is more geared towards the child inside of adults. You know, and Mm -hmm. this time around, this was the first expo that we've gone without our kids and I, my wife and I had a blast on Sunday, Yeah, you know, and it's something that I would tell you to consider that if you like taking your kids and look, nothing against hanging around with your kids. I love my kids. I love hanging out with them. But if you just kind of want a day, if, especially if you're going all three, plan a day without your kids because it will change your experience and in some ways might even enhance it because you don't have to worry about an extra one or two kids or three, whatever, you know, however many kids you take with you, you know, during that experience. So just Mm -hmm. something to think about. They weren't chomping at the bit either about going to this expo. When I mentioned it to them, they're like, all right, cool. Have fun. (laughs) You know? So, (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting because I don't feel like there's really much for kids there at all. There isn't. Like for a kid under 10, especially like there's it's not really meant for kids. I don't think. I mean, I feel like the right kind of kid could have some fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. but definitely. You know, there's not like play areas set up. There's not a lot of panels that are, you know, pointed at kids. Uh, Yeah. So that makes sense. I mean, I don't think you should feel bad about you know, that, um, experience at all, because it's a different kind of event, you know, it's, it's different than Disneyland or Disney world. It's, you know, something different. Yeah. So we'll close on that. You know, if you had a, the similar type of experience, or if you want to share your experience about going to the expo, we'd love to hear it. Join the conversation over on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. Just like we mentioned earlier with the Galaxy's Edge opening at Walt Disney World, if you just want to quickly record something using the voice recorder on your phone, you're welcome to do that. And then just email it to comments at podcateers.com. We'd love to include it in an upcoming episode. And, yeah, that that's going to wrap up D23 for 2019. I'm excited about the next one. I am going to plan a little bit better for trying to get all three days once those become available. But outside uh, of that, 
We did it, guys. We survived another expo. We did. Oh, wait, not yet. I'm not done yet. I still have to finish the vlogs. Those are coming. <laughs> Those are coming. I'm almost done with them. <laughs> They're as good as done. They're almost done. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. Major look.